back to the APP. I'm your host, Finn McSorley, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I know we're usually a movies, movie review, and political kind of talk show, but today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about a great boxer, a great fighter, and most of all, a great man, Muhammad Ali, or Cassius Clay, whichever you know him by. Now, I'm pretty sure everybody knows a little something here and there about Cassius Clay, but I don't think everybody really knows everything about him, apart from that he's a boxer, you know. <clears throat> People, they they see these, these great idols, these great inspirations of moral superiority, and they don't really look into them, and I'm just going to share some things here with you. So, <clears throat> hanging up behind me right now is... is the famous picture that was taken of him standing over his opponent with his with his arm flexed up and it has a quote on it and I really like this quote it's if you ever dream if you even dream of beating me you better wake up and apologize now I think that's something that's great to wake up to in the morning it's a great inspiration to start your day and I think that because of what what this guy went through the the segregation, the the racism he endured, and I think everybody feels bad for him, but he knew how good of a fighter and a boxer he was. He he was ready to face down any opponent, and I really liked that about him. Uh, he didn't let anything, you know, put him put him down. You know, he he broke free from his chains. If you'll pardon the pun. So, I'm just going to go fact by fact here, and I'm going to go in-depth into what each one, each fact means. So, a red and white Schwinn bicycle launched his boxing career. So, when Muhammad Ali was 12 years old, he's, his bicycle that he loved so much was stolen in, in 1954 in October. And he reported it to the police officer in Kentucky, who said he would, quote, pummel the culprit and then Joe Martin was the officer's name he was also a boxing trainer and he suggested that the that this 12 year old kid should learn how to fight and he took Muhammad Ali under his wing and six weeks later Clay won his first bout in a split, split decision so it's crazy how someone who's everybody knows is an incredible fighter and an incredible boxer just like, learned how to box because his bike got stolen. Like, you, you think about things if they didn't happen, and I don't think we'd have this great inspiration of Muhammad Ali had he had his bike not been stolen, so kudos to the guy who stole it. So, this is the second fact here. He was originally named in honor of a white abolitionist. So, like his father, he was named Cassius Marcellus Clay, a 19th century farmer and anti-slave crusader who emancipated the 40 slaves he inherited from his father. So obviously his father had a bunch of slaves and passed them down to his son, who he then set free. And it was also the guy was also a second cousin of Kentucky Senator Henry Clay. And he edited an anti-slavery newspaper. He commanded troops in the Mexican-American War and served as minister to Russia under Abraham Lincoln. 
In defying southern conventions of the time, Clay faced more than death threats, but he was, he was beaten, stabbed, and shot by political opponents, but he did live to the age of 92. See, not only do people um, not fully understand <clears throat> that, like, you know, not everybody was racist back in 1960s America, there were generally genuinely some good people, and... I think they in in and of themselves are a good moral inspiration, moral inspiration. And <clears throat> I like to think that, you know, they they were the forefront for uh, black people getting the rights that they deserved, you know. So before becoming known as Muhammad Ali, he changed his name to Cassius X. So after he defeated Linston, he was the new heavyweight champion and he had become a member of the Nation of Islam. And with Malcolm X at his side, Muhammad Ali told reporters that he had renounced his surname, which he called his, quote, slave name, and would be known as Cassius X until Nation of Islam leader Elijah Muhammad gave him a holy name. That name, Muhammad Ali, was bestowed upon him on March 6, 1964. So, it's a, it's a good good message to send, you know, you don't have to be brought down by your names, your slave names, <laughs> uh, I, I like the, I like the fact that, you know, he took his own, he, he took, he took what he wanted, and he didn't really ask anybody else, he said, I'm gonna do this, because I know what's right, and I know that I can make a difference, because, you know what, I'm the heavyweight champion now, I don't give a crap about any, anything else, you know. He stood up for rights. So, he was also banned from boxing for three years. So when the Vietnam War was raging on in 1967, he refused to serve in the U.S. military for religious reasons. And he was arrested. And the New York State Athletic Commission suspended his boxing license and stripped him of his title. He was convicted for of draft evasion, and he was also sentenced to the prison for five years, and fined ten grand dollars, ten thousand dollars. So he remained. So while he remained free, while the conviction was appealed in 1970, the New York State Supreme Court ordered his boxing license reinstated, and he returned to the ring by knocking out Jerry Quarry in October 1970. The following year, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Ali's conviction in a unanimous decision. So, you know, you think of this big, great guy, like this massive guy, because obviously he's heavyweight champion, you know, you think of big, muscly guy who can take punches and give punches. So you wouldn't think that this guy would have starred in a Broadway musical. So during his 43 months exile from the ring, he took to the stage in the title role of the musical, quote, Buck White. The production opened inside New York George Abbott Theatre, on December 2nd, 1969, but Ali's stage career will be a brief one. Quote, Buck White closed four nights later after just seven performances in spite of the, limit. in spite of the limited run, Ali, who played a militant black lecturer, received decent view reviews. Quote, he sings with a pleasant, slightly impersonal voice, acts without embarrassment, and moves with innate dignity, wrote a New York Times reviewer. And he also added, he does himself proud. 
So, you know, he's, he's been in a Broadway musical now, he's a heavyweight champion of the world, but he also recorded an album of spoken verse. So, <clears throat> Ali was a boxing poet laureate, composing verses in which he, ta he taunted opponents and praised himself. His Alabamic pentameter was so popular that Columbia Records released a 1963 spoken word album called I Am the Greatest, in which the 21-year-old rising star performed his poetry backed by musical, backed my musical accompaniment before an audience. The album was also included two songs by the boxer, including a cover of the B.E. King hit Stand By Me. And this is another thing that really surprised me. So, he Ali has Irish roots. So, perhaps not surprising given, you know, his great punches. But his great-grandfather, Abe Grady, was an Irishman who emigrated to the United States and settled in Kentucky in the 1860s. Where he, there, he married a freed slave and one of their grandchildren was Ali's mother, Odessa Lee Grady Clay. In 2009, Ali visited his great-grandfather's ancestral hometown of Ennis in Ireland and met fellow members of the O'Grady clan. So, one of his most famous bouts was against the 25-year-old undefeated champion George Foreman, but this was a, this was a, it was a weird, weird fight because it was at four in the morning in the U.S. So, in 1974, he had a title shot against George Foreman and he wanted to generate positive publicity for his country. Zaire dictatorial president, Mobitsu Sese Seiko, paid each fighter $5 million to stage the fight in his capital city of Kisha in order for American audience to watch the fight live in prime time. The bout began in the early morning hours before the sun dawned on Africa, in what was dubbed the Rumble in the Jungle. Ali won an eight-round knockout to regain the heavyweight title that had been stripped from him seven years prior. So he's he's still the like the best heavyweight champion in the world, but he also won he he won a gold medal in the nineteen sixty Summer Olympics, and <clears throat> it's in the bottom of a river. So after graduating high school. The fighter traveled to Rome and won the light heavyweight gold medal. In his 1975 biography, that after returning to Louisville, he threw his gold medal off a bridge and into the Ohio River to protest the racism that he still encountered in his hometown. The account had been disputed, however, it is still believed that Ali lost the medal instead during the 1996 Summer Olympics at which he lit the cauldron in the opening ceremonies, Ali received a replacement gold medal. And lastly, the gloves he wore to defeat Liston earned him more money than the victory itself. Almost 50 years to the day after Ali captured, captured the heavyweight championship for the first time, an anonymous buyer purchased the gloves he wore to defeat Liston in the seventh round technical knockout for $836,000. Ali only earned 630000 for the victory itself. So it's really surprising, you know, how much money some people will pay for certain objects. For example, a Mickey Mantle baseball card, which is at the time just a piece of cardboard made in the 1950s, recently got sold for, I think it was $3 million. So it's kind of crazy what people will buy. But anyway, that's all the time I have. That's all the time we have today. 
I've been your host, Finn McSorley, and this has been the APP. Thank you. Please enjoy.